Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. We're going to get right into it this morning. I actually uh, wanted to share just a bit of a word of knowledge that I, I felt the Lord gave me um, not last night, the night before. I kind of woke up in a dream and I woke up from a dream and just felt these words to, to encourage someone here this morning uh, that God's redirection is for your protection. And I'd been, you know, during my own personal time, I've been reading through the whole story of Christ's birth and the, the, the events that surrounded that. And you'll see that there are multiple occasions where God actually redirects people, where they're headed in one direction and then uh, he, God speaks to them, shows through an angel or, or uh, someone speak to them and give them uh, an instruction to go the other way or to wait and I just felt that that is a word for someone this morning, that God's redirection is actually his protection for you. So don't fight against what he is wanting to do. He's, he's maybe causing a bit of a course correction, which is actually to protect you from something, okay? So I leave that with you this morning. It's not part of the sermon. I prayed and thought, is that where the sermon should go? But I didn't feel that was right, just something to share. And so just being obedient with that. We're actually going to start off in Luke this morning. I shared a bit of this with our seniors on our seniors Christmas party on Wednesday. And boy, do our seniors know how to party. That was the best party I've been to in a long time. There was so much food, uh, carols, songs, all sorts of stuff. Uh, but I, I was inspired to, to speak from um, Luke chapter 2 in that, and I felt to just expand upon that a bit this morning for us. And so hopefully this will encourage us around the idea as we celebrate Christmas. So we know Jesus was born into humanity. God in flesh dwelt among us. Emmanuel had come. And uh, we see that Luke is writing here in Luke chapter 2, and he's giving what he says at the start of Luke's gospel is to give an, a, a detailed account. So he gives a bit of detail on, on, the, on what's happening and why it's happening. And uh, I'm reading from verse 21. We're going to read through a passage that looks particularly at a man named Once to the Lord being born. Starting off in verse 21, and it says, Eight data, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for the purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says if a, a woman's first child is a boy, is a boy, <laughs> he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Okay, so what's taking place? Mary and Joseph are now taking Jesus, as we just read, to the temple to present him uh, after, as was required by the law, as was custom through Moses' law, that when he was 40 days old, they would bring him and present him and they would offer a sacrifice, which would one be a burnt offering and one be a purification offering. And so this is what has brought Joseph and Mary to this place on this morning. They've come out of obedience to God's law, 
They've come because they're following the law of the Lord. They were good Jewish people, and they wanted to, to do the right thing, and so they followed the customs and the traditions that were set in God's law. They were obeying what God's law. I want you to hold on to that for a moment, okay? And we're going to come back to it a little bit later. So what brought Mary and Joseph to the temple on that morning? They were following the law. Got it? Repeat that after me. They were following the law. Okay. We may need to work on that. Let's try again. They were following the law. They were following the law. Let me, let me give you a little thought from this, this passage. God can use anything and anyone to bring you to Jesus, and God can use anyone and anything to bring Jesus to you. On that morning, it was the law that brought them to the temple. If you look at the Christmas story, you'll see that there are all of these incredible supernatural events that are taking place that may seem random and disconnected, but they're actually God-ordained and God-bringing people to be at the right place at the right time. Angels are appearing. There's a star that's appearing. They're, they're, the people are being spoken to in dreams that are bringing them to the place that they need to be to, to find Jesus. You know, God will use anything in your life to bring you to the place where you will find Jesus. God can use any event, any situation, any circumstance that you experience in life to bring you to a place where you can experience Jesus for yourself. I'm not saying that he authors every, every single event that takes place in your life. There are things that, uh, you know, abuse. There are things that may have happened in our lives that I wouldn't say God actually authored but God has a heart to redeem, to bring us to a point where we can see Jesus, where we can find Jesus. And if you think of your own life, you think of your own story, you can probably relate to this, that there's been things that have happened in your world that have brought you to a place where you may not have expected them to, but they've brought you to a place where you can find Jesus. God can use anything to bring us to a place where we can experience Jesus. And you might say to me, well, I'm a Christian. Uh, I already know Jesus. I already have Jesus. But, you know, God will use everything that you go through as a Christian to bring you to a deeper place of intimacy with Jesus so that you know him in a deeper and richer way. All of the mountaintop experiences, all of those experiences that feel like their life is just falling apart, can I tell you, can I encourage you that God wants to use those things to bring you to a deeper place in Christ Jesus? If you will allow him to, if you will respond to him, if you will go with what he's wanting to do, he wants you to see Jesus. Our culture has put at the highest point the idea that life is all about happiness. And I hope you have joy over Christmas. I hope you rejoice and you celebrate over Christmas. But happiness is not the pinnacle of life. Although we want to experience good times, we want to experience happiness, God wants to use everything, the good and what we think is the bad, to bring us to that greater place of understanding, of intimacy, of relationship with Jesus. Because God's highest point, and I'm sorry to upset some of us this morning perhaps, His highest priority is not actually your happiness it's your holiness. 
He values holiness above our happiness. And he will do whatever he can in our situations to bring us to that place where Christ is formed in us, even in the painful times. If we will respond and go with him, he wants to form holiness in us. We have been made holy in Christ. We have been made righteous in Christ. There is the understanding that positionally, my position, because I'm a Christian, is that I am in Christ. That is my position. And in Christ, I have all of those things that pertain to Christ, that Christ has achieved for us. Holiness, righteousness, all of those things have been positionally given to us because of him, not because of ourselves. But there is a progressional growth in holiness as well. Positionally, we are made righteous. Progressionally, we grow in righteousness. Positionally, we are made holy because of him, progressively we grow into holiness. We become more Christ-like. And so he is working in us to bring us to that point where we see Jesus. I want you to know that and I want you to hold on to that because there are times that will come in our lives when we can make no sense of what's taking place. But you can be sure of this. God is wanting you to see Jesus. God is wanting to bring Jesus into that situation. He is wanting you to experience the richness of his mercy and his grace regardless of what is taking place. And he will use anything and everything to bring you to the place where you can experience Jesus. It was the law that brought them to the temple on that day. But as he will use anything and everything, he will also use anyone to bring Jesus to us. Are you, are you happy about that? Because if you're anyone, you can be part of the anyone that brings Jesus to anyone else. I'm excited about that. We saw there that the, the, the law brought them to the temple on that morning, and they were there to bring an offering. They were going to bring an offering for the presentation and the purification on that day. And we read from Luke's passage that the offering was to be the two doves or the two pigeons. But let's look back at the, the, the reference where, uh, there, which is Leviticus. Can we put that up on the screens, please? Leviticus 12, verse 8. It says, If any woman cannot afford to bring a lamb, she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. One will be for the burnt offering and the other for the purification offering. The priest will sacrifice them to purify her and she will be ceremonially clean. So let's, let's just hold on to this for a moment because we see here that Mary and Joseph came to present an offering, but they actually brought what we could understand to be the discounted offering. Because it said the offering that they were required to bring was actually a lamb. But if they could not afford a lamb, then they could bring these other two things. So we see here that they weren't rich people. They were young people who didn't have a lot, and yet Jesus chose to use them to present Jesus to the world. He didn't choose the kings of the time. He didn't choose the rulers and those who everyone else would think has everything. He actually chose some seemingly no-named people who didn't have a lot, couldn't even afford the, the top level of offering or sacrifice to bring Let's, let's think about this, to bring the real offering, the real sacrifice to the temple. It, it just struck me as I was reading this, they couldn't afford to bring a lamb to offer 
but they brought the Lamb of God who would be the all-sufficient sacrifice for humanity. Doesn't that, uh, isn't that a, cr- a crazy thought? They couldn't bring the, the physical lamb, but they brought the lamb of God to be presented in the temple. And on that day, although they couldn't afford what was to be brought, they brought the lamb of God. God can use anyone, anyone, anyone to bring Jesus to others. Be encouraged in this over Christmas that if you're anyone in this room today, you're part of that. You can bring Jesus to others in your world. Maybe through a conversation, maybe through a gift, maybe through just loving someone, helping someone, caring for someone, praying for someone. Whatever it might be, you can be part of bringing Jesus to someone else this Christmas. Because it's not just about the gifts and the presents and all of the, the celebrations is about him. And we want people to know Jesus, who he is and what he's done. So he can use anything and anyone to bring Jesus to this world. We read on then. So Mary and Joseph have brought Jesus to be presented at the temple. And we read on in verse 25. And it says this, at that time, and I love it, that God, God, God just has time. In his hands. He's got everything set out in his timing. And it was at that very time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was awaiting the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and he revealed to them and he revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby to the Lord, the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. Conveniently, on the exact day, the Spirit led him to the temple. And uh, Simeon took, hold, took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people, He is a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. Here's the second thing I want to leave with us this morning. Some of the things that we take for granted are the very things others are desperate to see. There are some things that we may take for granted that other people are actually desperate to see. What do we see about Simeon here? We see that, one, he was recorded as being righteous which is actually a big thing in the Old Covenant for someone to be called righteous. He was also seen to be called devout, which meant that he was faithful in his service of God, faithful in his following of God. He was devout. And what else do we see? That he was eagerly expecting the Messiah to come. He was waiting. He was waiting patiently, waiting expectantly for the Messiah to come. Do you know that generations have passed, thousands have have expected and desired to see what we experience today? And maybe we take it for granted. Living this side of the cross, this side of having the revelation of who Jesus is, what he was going to do, what he has accomplished for us. Do you know generations desired it, they sought it, they saw it, they died for it. 
never actually attaining the fullness of it or seeing what they had longed for. And yet we see it, we experience it. We have this incredible revelation that Jesus the Savior has come and He has set us free. And maybe we take it for granted. Maybe we're familiar with it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Tick. It's good. Tick. Heaven. Tick. All good. Come on, let's be filled with wonder again for the gift that we've been given. This Christmas, let's be filled with awe and wonder to realize the gravity of what has taken place and what it means for your life. Be filled with it. Let's not be familiar. I've heard the Christmas story 45 million times. Every Christmas, in fact. We can't get familiar with this. This is what's put us in this room this morning, regardless of if you know that or not. It's because of him. It's because of what he has done. So let's celebrate with freshness this year the wonder of salvation that we see in Jesus. And it's not just in our salvation, although that's the most important thing, but there are so many different things that we may take for granted that other people desperately long for. I remember going over to India and spending time in a children's home with kids who have been taken from their families or uh, have, have, didn't have families and have been brought to a place where they're being cared for. And they had to go down and, and at one point had to go down and fill big containers of water to be able to bring back water for the whole, the whole home to have some water. And I'm there and I'm thinking, man, I'll just go home and turn on a tap. Take that for granted. While there's other people who are desperately longing for clean water. How many other things do we just take for granted? We turned the lights on this morning. We got the air con going. It's not great, but it's making a bit of air. All these different little things that, that we, we have that we maybe take for granted and other people are desperately longing for. Simeon was waiting. He was waiting patiently. He wanted to see the Messiah. He longed to see the Messiah. What else do we see about Simeon? It says that the Spirit of God was upon him. The Spirit was upon him. Can I say something else that we may take for granted? The Spirit is in us. There is a difference Generations previous, in the Old Covenant, the Spirit would come upon people. Guess what? Guess what our revelation is? The Spirit lives within us. Do we take that for granted? What a joy it is to, to be a, a holder of the Spirit, to, to have the indwelling presence of God. Let's not take it for granted. Let's be filled with joy again at what God has done for us and in us. And what happens there? He sees this promise and, and Simeon's like, listen to the promise that God gave him. God said to him, it was revealed to him by God. It wasn't an inkling. It wasn't just a good idea or thought that he had. It was a revelation from God that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. He would not die until he saw the Messiah. Imagine that promise. Imagine God saying to you, you're not going to leave this earth until you see the Messiah. We put ourselves in this side of, of the cross. What are we eagerly expecting? What are we eagerly awaiting? 
not Christ's first coming, but the second coming when he returns. We are eagerly anticipating the return of Jesus. Imagine if the Holy Spirit revealed to you and said, you're not going to die until he returns. That's a similar promise to what he said to Simeon. That's the, that's the magnitude of what he said. And Simeon held on to that promise. Imagine the process. He was devout. He was righteous, which he, he would have been at the temple often. Temple visit. Temple visit. Is it today? Will, today will I see this Messiah? Today will I see the Messiah? Today will I see the Messiah? Day after day after week after week after year after year, holding on to this promise that God had given him that he wouldn't pass until he saw the Messiah. Holding on day by day, week by week to the promise of God. We see the promises, but sometimes we forget the processes. We see the promise there, what a great promise, but there's a process there. He had to wait, he had to wait, he had to wait, he had to wait. He had to keep rocking up, he had to keep showing up. He had to keep believing that this promise was going to be fulfilled. And one day it was. On that day, the Holy Spirit led him to the temple. On that day, Joseph and Mary followed the law and it led them to the temple. And then it says that Simeon took the baby in his arms. That blessed promise was now in his arms, physically holding God's promise to him that the salvation of humanity was to come through this baby. Can you imagine the rejoicing in his heart? Year after year, waiting, 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 and now on this day, he notices, he sees this is the promise. This is what we've been longing for. This is the salvation of the nation and of the world to come. And he holds that promise in his arms, this little baby. And then what does he say? All right, I can die now. I'm done. Let me go. Let me depart in peace. Can you see what this meant to him? I have seen the salvation of the Lord. I'm done. I don't need anything else. I'm happy. That's the fulfillment of my life. I have seen his salvation. Now let me go. Again, do we take for granted the gift that we have been given? That desperately someone else is seeking. Simeon, he, he was like, that's it. Now in, the, in, that, in the language, the original language, that, that phrase that he gives, it, it actually is kind of like a... a like a, a soldier that is saying, okay, now I can be dismissed from my post. The soldier has been waiting, watching, fulfilling his duty, and now his time is gone. Lord, dismiss me now. Let me go. Sign me off. I am done. I've seen the salvation. And that's his words, isn't it? What does he say? I have seen the Lord's salvation. What did he see? Did he see the armies? Did he see the nations overturned? Did he see the establishment of the kingdom? Did he see all of the outworkings of what was to come? No, he saw a baby. And he knew that that baby was the sign that salvation was there. 
Come on, when you see Jesus, you have seen your salvation. Life continues to happen. As I said before, good things, bad things, all things are going to take place. But if you've seen him, you have seen your salvation. He is the promise of your salvation. He is the promise of God's victory. He is the promise of God's redemption. In Jesus, we see all these things. I haven't seen the fulfillment of it. I may not have seen the outworkings of it all, but I have seen Jesus and I can tell you, I have seen my salvation. And he held him in his arms and said, I've seen the salvation. I'm good. Signing out. Let me go. Man, imagine that attitude. I've done what God has said. I've done what he's called me to do. Now I'm ready to go and I'm ready to be with him. Remember this time, at this time of year, that this has been a, a, a very precious gift that God has given. What is the salvation of the Lord? It is Jesus. It's not just the outworkings of the events in your life. It's Jesus for you. It's Jesus with you. It's God in you. That is your salvation. So keep your eyes on him the captain of your salvation. Keep looking to him, the one who leads you in your salvation. Keep looking to him, the one who holds you securely in that place of salvation. Which leads me to the last thought, which is wherever you find yourself this Christmas, embrace Jesus in the midst of it. Wherever you find yourself, not just Christmas, but all throughout the year, embrace Jesus. Embrace Jesus. Jesus. What happens next is, is Simeon speaks a blessing and, and prophesies over uh, what, what is to take place in verse 33. It says, Jesus', Jesus parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. So herein we have Simeon speaking over Jesus to say that this child is actually a sign from God, and in his presence... Many in Israel will actually fall. Because of his presence, many will fall and many will rise. And the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. It wasn't all rejoicing when Jesus came. Some people rejoiced. Some of Israel rejoiced. Some of the people rejoiced. But there were others who wanted to wipe him out. There were others who didn't want him around. There were others who were like, we've got to get rid of this baby. Herod had made a plan to get rid of him. There, were, there, was, a, there, there was a work in place to try and wipe him out. Because they wanted him gone. Because he threatened their thrones. He threatened their kingdoms. He threatened what they held dear. So not everyone was rejoicing. And as Simeon said, this child is actually going to bring people to a place 
where they're going to have to make a response. And his presence, some will rise by it and some will fall by it, depending upon what they respond to it. And I'm hung on those last words. The deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. I'll tell you what will show up, what's in your heart. It's your response to Jesus. What's going to show up the deepest parts of your heart is how you respond to Jesus. Some rejoiced, some rejected. I dare say there are only two options. We either rejoice or we reject. There's no middle ground. There's no neutral. There's no kind of, yeah, I'm kind of like, yeah, no, 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 no. It's like you rejoice at his presence or you reject him. And so, you know what, Christmas is kind of popular because it's baby Jesus. And I reckon a lot of people can kind of rejoice at a baby Jesus. But baby Jesus becomes big boy Jesus. And big boy Jesus becomes crucified Jesus. And crucified Jesus, I'm not saying becomes as in he changes state, but is then resurrected Jesus, ascended Jesus, glorified Jesus, the Jesus that we worship this morning. And it may be tolerable to accept the baby Jesus, but I ask you today, what do you do with the real Jesus? With the risen Jesus? How do you respond? Does your heart rejoice knowing who he is and the great salvation that he has purchased for us? Or are you indifferent? Do you reject it? Are you like, I want nothing to do with that? Well, that's what this prophecy from Simeon says, is that some are going to rise and some are going to fall. And this child is going to bring division between who rejoices and who rejects. Maybe it's a bit sombering to think about that. And my prayer and my hope is that you have rejoiced at this gift that has been given to us, that you rejoice in Jesus. But if not, I want to use this opportunity to give you the the chance to at least consider this from a clear perspective. Not to sit on the fence. Not to kind of think, what if, what, no, no, I'm kind of, I'm kind of not. But to at least have conviction in your heart That yes, I rejoice, or yes, I reject. And so for some people on that day and that time, it was like party time. Simeon was so excited, but he understood that there will be people that would not receive Jesus. And every time we talk about Jesus, it gives us the opportunity to receive him, to look to him, to remember him, to put our faith in Him, to trust in Him for our salvation. So the law, remember what we said before? It was the law that brought Mary and Joseph to the temple on that day. And what did it say about Simeon? It was the Spirit who brought Simeon to the temple on that day. So the law brought Mary and Joseph, the Spirit brought 
Simeon, and then we see Mary and Joseph hand Jesus to Simeon. The law pointed to Jesus. The Spirit points us to Jesus. The law and the Spirit both pointed to this place where Jesus was being presented. The law and the prophets were all pointing to him. Everything we read in the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus coming. And the Holy Spirit is always going to point us. He's always going to direct us toward Jesus. And we see in this picture that the two were coming together. It was the law that they were following. It was the spirit that they were following. And it brought us to the place of Jesus. And this morning, whatever has brought you here, whatever you're going through, whatever is taking place in your life, may you embrace Jesus, the Savior. Whatever it is. Because it was always going to be about Jesus. The law could only take him so far. Obedience to the law would only take him so far. It was salvation that would come through Jesus. Through him and him alone. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you this morning for the reminder of the great gift that we have been given. Lord, we are so thankful, so grateful. Our hearts rejoice at what has taken place. We thank you that you have used everything in our lives to bring us to this point today. You have taken what we have considered good and you have used it to to move us in this direction. You have taken what we have considered to be bad And you have used it to bring us into this direction. And Lord, today we rejoice in your presence. Because it is only you that was able to do that. As hard as we could have tried to turn our lives around, we would have failed miserably. But because of you, because of Jesus, we have seen our salvation. We have seen salvation come. And I pray that by your spirit, you would fill our hearts with joy today. Joy to rejoice in the coming of the Savior. Joy to rejoice in everything that you have done for us that we could not do on our own accord. Joy and wonder again. Lord, where there may be familiarity in our hearts to this time, to this period. Lord, where there may be a a bit of, uh, I don't know, taking for granted some of the things that you have done. I pray that gratitude would start to rise in our hearts and we would be filled again with awe and wonder, realizing the incredible sacrifice that you have made to bring us to this point that we may experience this sweet salvation. And Lord, I pray for our hearts to be open, even as Simeon's words as he prophesied, that the deepest thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. Lord, I pray that you would show in our hearts what it is that you are wanting to do and that you would lead us to that place of grace where we can receive and rejoice at Jesus. This prayer is not just for people who don't know Jesus. This prayer is for those of us in this room that that are in love with Jesus, that desire to know Jesus greater. The prayer is that you would take us to those deeper places. That we would know you in ways that we've never known you before.
And we thank you that your spirit is not just upon us, but is within us. And your spirit is always pointing us in the direction of Jesus. So we pray, God, that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to obey, whatever it may be that you are doing and saying to us. And as everyone is with their eyes closed and heads bowed, I want to give that opportunity to anyone in the room this morning that may have in the past been sitting on the fence. Unsure, uncertain where you stand or what your response is to Jesus. But today, want to make a decision to rejoice at the coming of the Savior. And not because of what's been said or spoken, but because of what the Holy Spirit has done in your heart to bring you to this point that you would say, I want to embrace Jesus, maybe for the first time. Maybe you've embraced him in the past and you kind of let go and walked away. Then today would be a day where you come back to that place and you take hold of him again. And you receive that gift of salvation. So if that's you, all I'm going to ask is that you give me a little wave. Just pop your hand in the air. And when I see your hand, I'm just going to pray. Pray that you would know him and that he would do all that he needs to do in your life to help you walk with him. I'm not going to take long on this. So if that response, if that relates to you and you say today I want to make that decision then just put your hand in the air you don't have to keep it up for long thank you Lord bless you God thank you oh Lord we just pray that you continue to do work in our hearts wherever we are on this journey May you do the deep work in our hearts to bring us to that place where we embrace Jesus. We thank you and we celebrate what you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.